This is the Manga Mavericks podcast from allcomic.com. We not only like to talk about manga as a medium, but as an industry. I'm Colton. And I'm Sid. And this is episode six for the Ooh. week of uh, April 6th, I guess. Yeah, nice timing, the, the, too. The, the, it would be uh, even uh, nicer timing if it came out on June 6th. So 666, but maybe that would have been oh, ominous. No, that's, that's bad. 666. Oh, jeez. Actually, um, sorry, you just you just reminded me of a really like stupid little thing. I um I was at Burger King, I think the week the week we were recording uh, episode five, and mm-hmm. um, I, I had just gotten my paycheck that day, so I was like, I wanted some lunch, and I forget exactly what I ordered, but whatever I ordered, uh, the the total of my order came down to six dollars and sixty six cents. So I was like, <laughs> oh shit, oh no. I was like, oh no, this is a sign. Am I going to have like a heart attack while I'm eating my burger or something? I was kind of scared. Bending doom of the apocalypse oh, on no. a Burger King receipt. Yeah, that's that's not a good sign. Even the cashier was like, hey man, watch out. And I'm like, <laughs> thanks, thanks guy, you're not making it any better. Um, how have you been doing, Sid? Uh, I've been doing pretty well, I think, uh... I'm making good progress on my film for this semester, and That's good. in general, the classes are going pretty well, and uh, the, it's pretty exciting because the new anime season's about to start up, and uh, I'm writing a lot of uh, entries about of, on various shows for uh, the animation revelation like preview guide, so. It's gonna. I I have like ten shows queued up to write about, so it's gonna be a lot of writing. But oh boy. there's a lot of shows to look forward to this season. I mean, it's a massive season. There's like forty five shows, <sighs> and at least a at least a fourth of them are interesting. And maybe it... maybe at least two of them will be good, but we'll yeah. see. Yeah, I was gonna say, isn't that how every anime season is? I mean, 45 shows, I think this is the biggest season since, I don't know, maybe the last spring season? Well, I mean, I, mean, I, well, I, mean I, I, was, I was saying that no matter how many shows Japan produces, only, only a few of them are actually going to be good or interesting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as, as much as I love anime, that's just kind of the harsh reality, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to the season. Um, the, I mean, I hate to date every podcast i record because i just seem to have a habit of doing that but uh at, at the the uh the day we're recording this it is the day before the premiere of jojo part four so that's gonna be fun i cannot wait to watch that um mm-hmm. I'm, I'm also looking forward to uh academia and uh haven't you heard i'm sakamoto i, I think those mm-hmm. are like the top three that i'm looking forward to i know there are like a few others i'm gonna check out but i'm not sure if i'm gonna be like uh religiously watching everything week to week yeah i think jojo's and ushio and tora are probably the two that i'm most looking forward to jojo's because you know i love don is unbreakable i mean everyone there are a lot of people consider it the best part to me the best part is my favorite part stone ocean and the best written skill bar run but down unbreakable is still pretty awesome so i'm definitely looking forward to seeing it animated finally and then ushio and tora i really enjoyed the show like last year so the final core is definitely having me excited and to have both those shows on friday is going to be pretty sweet 
Hmm. I I feel really bad because I I really wanted to watch Ushiro and Tora, but I think I watched like the first three or four episodes before I just kind of fell off of it. Not not because I thought the show was bad or anything. I just there's there's always this thing where I keep up with the show pretty well for like a couple of episodes, and then I miss a week, and then a week turns into a month, and then a month turns into couple months and it's like oh i'm so far behind i don't feel like catching up and it really yeah i feel the same way with a lot of shows when i fall behind a week and then it just it keeps rolling on and i just get have no motivation to catch up with anything but i do recommend you continue watching yushir and tora if you ever get the time because it really is a really fun show Oh boy, yeah, I I would like to watch more of Ushio and Tora. It, like it, it feels it feels kind it, 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 to me. It Ushio and Tora kind of has that same like '90s shonen Yu Yu Hakusho kind of vibe. In a yeah, sense, yeah, it's very classic. It has a very classic shonen feel. It, yeah, where it's definitely a it's definitely a very '90s show in terms of aesthetics and its storytelling. But that's pretty refreshing when you're watching it in like uh the when the mid twenty eleven, the mid twenty tens. So yeah, that that yeah, you don't really see a lot of that kind of stuff nowadays ever. But um, no. But uh, I I think we should get on to our manga news. Stop talking about all this anime because anime has nothing to do with manga, obviously. So no, it's not like ninety percent of all anime come from manga or inspired no, never. by money. No, okay. never. What are you talking about, Sid? <laughs> um, but uh, I uh, we we did promise uh last episode that we were going to be better about new releases but thankfully there isn't there isn't much that we really want to talk about so yeah it's not that interesting of a month in terms of new releases unfortunately yeah there were like a lot of like first volumes of stuff that we talked about the last time we talked about new releases but like we just said yeah there's not really much we want to like highlight at all other than uh I Am a Hero, Volume 1, from uh, Dark Horse coming out, uh, the, actually the day that this podcast is being released on uh, Wednesday, April 6th. So, uh, you know, assuming this podcast is out on time and you're listening to this, you can you can go out and buy it. I mean, even if it's late, you can still go out and buy it, but whatever. It, it, it'll be available by the time you're listening to this, so that's the point I'm trying to make. Uh, and then I guess uh, the final volume of uh, Lone Wolf and Cub by um, Kazuko Koike um, is going to be released that same day as well. Volume 12 from Dark Horse still, I believe. Um, yes, final Omnibus volume. It's definitely going to be... If you've been following these releases, it's definitely going to be great to finally have it all collected in Omnibus form. Especially um, considering the old release, <clears throat> the page size is so small, these Omnibus... Uh, this is a, re- a real treat to see the artwork uh, much larger. And in much mm-hmm. better quality. So this is definitely really good to finally see the series complete in this format. Um, but uh, uh, just on just on a a side note here, I guess a sidebar. I uh, I did buy the first volume on uh, Comicsology, so now I have no excuse to not read it. So hopefully I good. can read that. Hopefully I can read that soon. Um, yes. The the hopefully. only thing the only thing that's really jarring and that I'm gonna have to get used to is I I don't know if it's I'm sure it's like this in the physical release too, but I guess, um, but I guess, uh, whatever edition I bought, cause I'm not sure if this is the same omnibus edition or not. Um, but whatever I bought on Comixology, the art, I guess is flipped. Yeah. That's just, the, that's the same. The same is true of the omnibus release and the okay. old release. It's they, the artwork is flipped. 
Uh, it's unfortunate. I would like for Dark Horse to release the series properly in how it was originally presented, you know, reading um, left to right. Or no, right, yeah, right yeah. to left. But, yeah, right to left. Yeah, but, um, <clears throat> you know, I guess... I guess it's still a great series, so even Flip, you know, it's still worth reading. Yeah, so. I know. It just I'm just saying it's it's just it's it's so god, it's so blaringly like it's just it's just again, it's just jarring. It's just something I'm going to have to get used to. Yeah, but, I uh, wish yeah. our course had, you know, uh, presented the series right to left when they did the omnibus reissues, but Yeah, yeah. Just like the rest of their the the Kazuo Koki stuff they have, they release it left to right. I don't know why. Because... Uh, that's weird. Yeah, but still still go support the release because it's a great a great series and a great boot. And otherwise outside of the, you know, present... Uh, outside of the reading left to right thing, it's a great release as well. Well, hey, maybe, maybe they'll reprint it in its original format someday. You never know. It could happen, but... Uh, and I think the other thing... Uh, Sid also wanted to mention was that the volume two of uh, Planets is also going to be released mm-hmm. uh, on uh, Wednesday, ap- April twenty seventh. Yes, the final volume, the final omnibus volume of Planets. It was definitely great to see the series be reissued. Uh, for those who don't know, this was uh, the first big series done by uh, villain saga mangaka Makoto Yukimura. So fans of that manga should definitely check out Planets. It's a very different series. Obviously, it takes it's about astronauts and not Vikings, but it's still equally engaging and incredibly well done series with Yukimura's trademark fantastic art and incredibly engaging themes on space exploration and humanity. So definitely pick that up and give that series a read. Um, which, by the way, for the record, I just want to put out there that I totally knew that ahead of time, that uh, this was by the Vinland Saga guy. I totally knew that, guys. Sure, yeah. I, to- I totally knew that. Sid didn't have to tell me before we started recording, and I totally knew that all <laughs> along. It was all according to Keikaku. Um, God, I- that joke stopped being funny like 10 years ago, didn't it? Um, yeah. I mean, we're long past that point in terms of bad fan subs. I'm just I'm I'm not ready to move on yet. Um, but anyway, so the, the, those are those are the worthwhile releases personally for us, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, we should talk about the New York Times next. Yes, this was actually a pretty interesting week, and in considering that a series that I didn't expect to rank number one did, and that series was Goodnight Poon Poon. What? Uh, by Inio Asano. It's very interesting because Poon Poon is not what I consider a mainstream series at all. None of Inio Asano's, Asano's work is. It's very bizarre in terms of how it handle in terms of how it handles uh, its its teams and characters in such an abstract way, and especially and it's also very mature and not in the and not in the kind of way or oh, there's lots of violence and sex in it but no it's it's They're like smoking it's genuinely mature and like in and it depicts violence and sexuality in a very true to life and and very cutting way 
And it's, like I said before on the last podcast, Poon Poon is a great series, and it tackles its story of maturing into adulthood and dealing with all sorts of complicated, confusing adolescent emotions really well. And it's definitely, if it's, even if it's your first introduction into Asano's work, it's a great read and I highly recommend it. And I'm definitely glad to see it be so successful. Well, well, man, now that it's number one on a list, I'm definitely going to have to buy it now. Um, no, well, I, you should. I, yeah, I, I mean, I imagine this is because of, like, how much press uh, this release has gotten. Like, this this has been getting... A, I've seen a lot of attention uh, for this on Twitter and everywhere, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So very happy about that. The rest of the list isn't quite as interesting as Poon Poon Ranking number one. It's 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 I mean it's dominated by two series. Guess which two series those are. Um hmm, that's a that's a um Attack on Titan, right? That's still popular, no. right? No. No. Okay. Hmm. No. Forget Attack on Titan. That's from yesteryear. That's so 2013. One Punch Man is the new thing now, baby. And One Punch Man and Tokyo Ghoul. And both of those series each have three volumes on this list. And basically together take up over half the list. One Punch Man number five is coming in at the number two spot. One Punch Man number one. Is coming in at the number five spot, and One Punch Man Volume Eight is coming in at the number eight spot. Where uh, volu- Tokyo... Volume Volume Two. Yeah, Volume Two is coming in at the number eight spot. You you said Volume Eight. I thought I said Volume Two. Whatever. Regardless, <laughs> regardless. As for Tokyo Ghoul, Volume One is coming in at number four. Volume Five is coming in at number seven, and Volume Two is coming in at number nine. So I'm not even going to bother telling you. Like, where they, those volumes were the week before, or how many weeks they've been on the list. These are evergreen series. They're always going to be on this list. Okay, so, no surprises here. They're, these they're are gonna... high sellers. These are the biggest titles in, in the U.S. manga market today. They're dominating. They're just dominating. Oh, but but Bleach uh, Volume 66 is also number 6, and then you got uh, uh, Monster Musume Volume 8 at number 10. Yeah, sure. But that's... we don't. But we don't care about those. No, I mean, good for Bleach. It's still able to sell this late in the game, and with I, this, I, I guess, yeah. Reduced bow and Monster Musume is one of the more popular titles from Seven Seas. It always does well. And then, beside from that, we also got Yu Gi Oh Volume Zexo Volume Eight at number three because Yu Gi Oh is still popular too. So. Yeah. Now there we go. That's the list. We covered yeah. it. We oh, covered there you, it. There you go. In a yes. piecemeal way, but you got it. One Punch Man, Tokyo Ghoul, pretty much dominating. Good Night Poon Poon, ranked number one on its first week. Awesome. There you go. Done. Let's, Finito. Let's, let's move on. Let's 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 see if it's still on the list next time. Then. Um, let's hope so. Yeah, let's hope so. I hope so. Um, but yeah, so uh, we got. There's a lot of there's a lot of like new manga coming out pretty soon uh that isn't just limited to uh this April 
Um, yeah, a lot of licensing news came out recently. We have a lot to talk lot about it. with that. But... A lot of it. Um, but let, let's try to get through it as quickly as we can. So uh, we talked about either last episode or the episode before, I forget. But uh, we at some point we talked about how uh, Titan Comics, uh, uh, basically a publisher from the UK, is going to be releasing the... Uh, uh, the manga adaptation of uh, BBC Sherlock uh, in both the UK and the US, but uh, you know now we actually have some release news for that. So it looks like um, there have been like multiple runs of this particular manga, each run like uh, sort of adapting uh, an ep- an episode of the show. So this first run that they're going to be releasing is apparently based off the first episode entitled "A Study in Pink." Um, and it's essentially going to be released in six single issues, and then uh, afterwards, uh, it'll all be collected in one uh, in one collected volume, I guess, essentially. So um, the first issue of that is actually going to be coming out in the UK and the US on June eighth. So uh, you can look forward to that. Hopefully, um, I'm probably going to have to go to the comic book store actually and pick this up because I actually would like to buy this. Um, uh, or either that, or if, if you if you just can't wait to read Sherlock, um, apparently Katakawa, the uh, another publishing company, has published a bilingual edition of the manga uh, for basically basically for uh, Japanese students to study English and stuff. It's I've I've read a few bilingual manga. I have a few uh, I have a few volumes like that of, for uh, Doraemon. Actually, they're um they're kind of interesting. Um, interesting way to read manga. Good way to. To, to for Japanese students to learn English, but uh, yeah, if you if you just can't wait for the official uh, English release, you can go pick those up too. I'm sure you can find those somewhere. They're they're available, but uh, but yeah. So um, certainly interesting for uh, them to release chapters in like individual like single issues and then collect it in a trade later. That's, mm, yeah, I mean they used to do that way back in the day, but. And like they, that kind of pro- <coughs> that kind of practice phases out in the like late nineties, early two thousands, and now we just get you know when a manga's license over here, we just get the, a full volume. But so interesting, but I guess you know with a series that has the reputation Sherlock has, it works out. I mean this work it, this works just like uh, any other like single-issue trade for any, like, uh, popular licensed comic would work, so. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, there you go. Um, definitely go buy it. I'm planning on buying it, that's for sure. Um, but, uh, what's, what's, what's the next thing we're talking about, Sid? Mm-hmm. Well, comic book adaptions are a big thing these days, in both film and TV. Yep. Like, DC, Marvel, you're seeing shows based on those properties everywhere. And Wiz is thinking, hmm, you know, there should be some more manga-inspired shows and movies out in the U.S. Uh-oh. And so they announced a partnership with a prominent global talent literary agency called United Talent Agency. And their plan is to uh, develop a lot of live-action programming based on the to- their uh, manga anime proper- properties. You know, and like the press release specifically notes that titles they they are seriously thinking about include Bleach, Death Note, Naruto, One Punch Man, One Piece, and Tokyo Ghoul, because mm-hmm. they are routinely featured on like top 
bestseller lists. So they're you know they're hoping to tap into the big comic book craze we're going that's going on in the U.S. right now in film and television and get some manga properties in on that. So you know that's pretty interesting. I've honestly wondered if maybe Shonen Jump, if maybe like specifically Shonen Jump would consider making like maybe kind of a cinematic universe of their own with their properties. Oh my god, I I don't know how I feel about that, but cuz I cuz see here's the thing, I've talked about this before. I, I'm not usually a fan of like live action adaptations of other anime and manga cuz usually they they aren't that great, but I mean God, I don't know. I, I wouldn't mind a Shonen Jump cinematic universe. I do like that idea. I mean, we've, we kind of we kind of explored that idea through, like, video games, like, you know, Jump Ultimate Stars for the DS and then J-Stars Victory Versus for the, for the PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, but, I mean, that kind of thing I, I would like to see animated, but the thing is, like, all, all the animated properties of all these different manga are, like, produced by different studios, and you kind of have to go through a lot of, like, licensing hell and stuff to just, yeah, it's, it, you have to get multiple companies to, to uh, get together to uh, work on that kind of stuff, so that would be kind of a pain in the ass, I'll be mm -hmm. honest. Um, but I guess, like, if they, if they decide to bring all these properties under one company to make an entire live-action cinematic universe, I guess that could work. Mm -hmm. Um, whether, whether it'll turn out good or not, it, Yeah, that's a whole other say? story. Yeah. For all we know, we could just get a bunch of Dragon Ball Evolution kind like, of Like, I, I guess, like, I don't even care if, like, if they take, if they, if they have to take liberties, because of course they're gonna have to take it's liberties. It's not the matter of taking liberties, that wasn't what sucked about Dragon Ball Evolution. Dragon no, no, Ball no, Evolution I, yeah, Evolution had I, way other, way more other problems in terms of... Just the way it presented its characters, the cinematography, well, 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 the yes. pacing. There's all, all sorts of other pro major problems with that movie. No, yeah, I, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, I I know I was gonna say I know with this kind of stuff, you do kind of have to take liberties to you know make all this material fit in like an hour and a half, maybe two hours if you want to go that long. But I mean, as long. As long as it's not like Dragon Ball Evolution, where it just kind of completely ignores the, you know, the, the spirit of the property and does all these, like, ass-backwards changes that don't make any sense and don't relate to the source material at all, you know, some, I, I want something that'll keep the spirit of, say, you know, One Piece or, or One Punch Man or what have you, so, I don't know, just, just don't let it end up like Dragon Ball Evolution, that's all I want, that's all I want from something like this. But I mean, yeah. but I mean to be fair, we're, we're probably getting a little too ahead of ourselves. We are. I mean, for there's yeah. no announcement of any plans for cinematic universe. Yeah, these are just plans that for developing live action adaptations of various properties with media owns. But I, so but I, I think I, I think that would be an interesting step to take, though. But I, I, I feel like that wouldn't. Um, I feel like they wouldn't, uh, I don't know, I feel like that plan would somehow backfire if they start planning all these movies and, like, planning something like this Marvel Cinematic Universe where they're like, oh, we're gonna make everything connect. Like, unfortunately, these properties aren't Marvel properties and they're not just gonna, you know, make money no matter what. Small steps first. First, prove that you can make successful live-action adaptations of these series and then consider doing a cinematic universe. Exactly. What I'd like to see is the making of few shows, 
maybe for like Netflix or Hulu. Like, okay, I think okay. there are quite a few sh- series that could work in live action. Like, Tokyo Ghoul is pretty grounded enough to work in live action. One Punch Man can even work it with in live action, even with some budget limitations. I mean, there's a lot of potential with many w- properties Wiz Media has. So I'm definitely looking forward to see what comes of this. Yeah, I, I hope something good comes out of this. I, I want to make that clear. Um... I'm cautiously optimistic about this. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, spe- speaking of Shonen Jump stuff, um, I'm going to move away from that onto uh, and into something a little smaller. Um, Viz apparently picked up the Assassination Classroom side story spinoff thing that we talked about last time and is going to be running it in the English Shonen Jump. Yay! I, what, I mean... Mokoro Sensei! I I mean yay, but also what? That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, they... it does. Assassination Classroom is one of Viz's utter high selling like manga. Like yeah, even yeah, though they yeah, didn't, but even on. though they didn't publish the series like in its entirety in their English version. That's why it doesn't like, make any are... sense. Yeah, but no, <laughs> it's still a jump series. Like these are still like. These are only spin-off chapters. Like, it's, like, supplementary to the main series. There's no problem, like, publishing this in Jump. Like, they're not spoiling readers about what happens at the end of the series, because this takes place during the middle of the series. So, I guess it's it... perfectly fine. I think it makes sense. I, I mean, I guess, but it's still just... It's still inconsistent to me, and it just, like... I don't know. That's, like... To 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 me, this is like if Jump was like, "Hey, we got a we got a spinoff of Kochikame coming up," and Viz is like, "Yeah, that'll make us money, I guess. Let's run that." We never ran it in a magazine before, but I guess we can run it now. Well, the difference is that that would like Kochikame doesn't have any release of any kind over here. Assassination Classroom has been his Wiz has been releasing that in print for like t- almost two years now, and there's like anime. Funimation has that, and like that, that, they've been streaming that for a year and a half now, and that they're finally gonna put that out on the DVD Blu-ray like later in the summer. Like Assassination Classroom is an established series over here. Like That's true. people know about it, people can buy products for it already. Like mm-hmm. I mean, to me, this makes sense. So I don't see really any problem with this. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not like, I'm not like, not happy about it. I'm glad we're finally getting some kind of assassination classroom material in, in, in Viz's Shonen Jump. But it's like, I wish they could have ran the rest of Assassination Classroom in Shonen Jump. That would have been really nice, but whatever. I just, I don't know. Actually, you know what? Here's a better example. It's kind of like, it's kind of like if, if, if uh, there was a side story coming out for Gintama. And then they decide, oh, hey, we used to run Gintama. That was kind of in our print Shonen Jump once. There's an anime for it, but we, I mean, we don't run the manga anymore, but I guess we can put it in. I mean... Well, I mean, there's... I, see, well, I, with Assassination Classroom, they're still releasing the volumes. I know, like, I know. Like, it's not a I'm, license that they've dropped. I know, so. but I, I'm saying that's a bet. That's, that's, that's a, it, it's God. a better example, but it's not yeah. still a one-to-one example. I don't... I guess. I don't know. I still think it's kind of weird, but I guess I'm not, like, opposed to it. Just, Viz makes weird decisions sometimes, alright? Like, 
I don't know, okay? Look, we don't have to agree on everything, Sid. That's what that's that's what uh makes the world go around. I don't know. I never said we did have to agree on it. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. That's so, our segue. So Sid, uh what are we gonna talk about next? Well, we're on the subject of jump. Assassination Classroom is a recent jump series. So let's talk about a classic. Something from the golden age of jump. I, I do, I do, I do like classic Shonen Jump. Yes. Do you like classic Shonen Jump romance manga? Um, I haven't read a lot of them, so I can't say. Well, here is the, def- well, let's talk about the definitive one. Kimigure Orange Road. A well-beloved, very nostalgic 80s jump classic. Probably considered the best romance series to ever run and jump. I've read it. I liked it a lot. And for years, unfortunately, though, it's never had a print release over in the U.S. It is available in its entirely digitally from Digital Manga Publishing, but print release, I'm afraid, we've never had. And the anime is also out of print. But the manga, no print release. Times are changing, though. Lots of classic manga have been able to get print releases, uh, from Kickstarter campaigns, specifically a lot of great Tesca manga from campaigns Digital Manga Publishing has run. And so now they're moving outside of just trying to publish classic Tesca manga, now trying their hands at maybe publishing some other titles. And the first thing they're trying, it seems, is Kimigure Orange Road. Hmm. They're planning, they've just, just announced the Kickstarter campaign today, like, the very day we're recording this podcast, and only a couple, like, hour, uh, like only an hour or so ago, too. Like, this came as a surprise. Uh, but, if, yeah. if, only, if only we were releasing this podcast the same day we recorded it, otherwise this would have been, like, exclusive breaking news, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> but they're, they're planning to uh, publish an omnibus release of Kimigurit Orange Road using this Kickstarter campaign. The goal is, I'd say it's fairly modest for, you know, publishing like an 18 volume manga. Uh, they're asking for 34,900 as the goal, and it's a 40 day campaign. So I feel that hopefully is enough time, but definitely if you're a big fan of Kimigori Orange Road, classic jump manga, classic romance manga, I definitely advise you to support this campaign because this would be a huge, huge trendsetter for releasing more classic titles um, that might not get print releases over here otherwise. I know I definitely love to see campaigns like this for your classics like Ashina no Joe, Ushio and Tora, so definitely show this some love, and uh, we'll put a link to uh, the Kickstarter in the show notes. So, yeah, definitely this is a great surprise, and I'm hoping that this uh, proves successful. Yeah, I, I hope so too. I, I, um, I, I did try watching the anime for this, um, and I love uh, the and... opening of the anime. Oh, you, oh, the opening's great. Um, I don't think I got too far into it. Um, so it, it's a shame. I, I I kind of I kind of lost interest in the anime, but I I would like to read this though because it it looks like I don't know there there are just some anime that I would have a I I feel like I would enjoy more as a manga, and I feel like this is one of them. So 
Um, yeah, I, I hope this this uh, succeeds. I'd, I'd like to be able to get this. Um, mm -hmm. but uh, anyway, speaking of speaking of new stuff, uh, we got some more licensing news. Oh yeah, <laughs> do we ever? Hmm, who to start with? How about Dark Horse? Okay, yeah, Dark pretty... Horse has. Uh, recently, a couple weeks ago, I watched the latest Psychopath movie. Very good, uh, but definitely left me leaving me a bit hungry for more Psychopath stories. But Dark Horse is here to quench my thirst for more Psychopaths by releasing a Psychopath prequel manga called Psychopath Inspector Shinya Kokami. As you might expect, this uh, manga will be an original story written by Gen Urobochi, the creator of Psychopath himself. Okay. And set before the beginning of the first season of Psychopaths, focusing on Kogami back when he was an enforcer and uh, hunting and his uh, time hunting down uh, criminals in you know the world of Psychopaths. And so that's definitely very exciting news for Psychopaths fans. I'm looking forward to reading this and seeing more done with this character. And yeah. Great news, I would say. All right, is uh, is that all Dark Horse Comics um picked up or? Yes, that's all I believe they picked up. They've right. announced recently, all but right, that's sure. okay. But that's okay because we're not we're not going to be short on new manga coming out. <laughs> no, not in the slightest. No, 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 no. Uh, before we, I let's then like for instance. Yen Press, they've got a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Where to start, really? I mean, wow, just to run down everything that they've announced, like Kinryo Mosaic, Scum's Wish, Toyo Game, Rose Guns Day Season 2, another Madoka Magica spin-off called Puella Magi Orco Magica Sadness Prayer. Hmm, I've, uh, I, I, I've heard of one of those things. <laughs> and that's not even all of it. They're also publishing Aharo X Machine Gun and Today's Cerebrus. I mean, they have really picked up a lot of interesting titles. I wish I had more to say about these because the only one that I really know of is Scumsfish, which is on Crunchyroll, and I've been considering reading for a while now, but just haven't gotten to. But wow, this is. Quite a good slate of new series to, that are coming out over here later in the year, so that's pretty interesting. Um, actually, here here's two things that uh, I recognize. It, it it looks like um, Yen Press is also licensing two new art books from uh, for uh, for Soul Eater and um, uh, Black Butler. Mm hmm Art books too. So yeah, there you go. New manga and new art books. Pretty awesome. Yeah, there you go. Um. But uh, moving on from Yen Press on uh, to uh, Viz Media. Uh, yeah, it looks like we got a lot of stuff from Viz Media. So uh, basically, uh, a lot of these announcements are coming out of uh, uh, the, the recently held uh, Anime Boston. And uh, it looks like... Um, where, where do we start from here? So um, for those of you who don't know, um, Viz has been putting out some uh, some One Piece box sets, which basically are just these giant box sets filled with a ton of One Piece manga that you can buy and read and lend to your friends and stuff with all these cool little extras and stuff and posters, and it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I've been meaning to pick those up. 
and it uh it looks like they're coming up with a third box set um it's going to be covering uh uh it's going to be containing volumes 47 to 70 that's about 24 volumes i believe yeah uh, that should be thriller bark all the way through punk hazard in terms of arcs actually yeah all the way from thriller bark up to actually like the very beginning of dressrosa yeah, so volume seventy is like the tail end of Punk Hazard, beginning of Dress Rosa, so yeah, it's a good place to stop too. Yeah, so pretty interesting. But uh, of course, this is probably going to be the last box set for a while, though, since there's not going to be enough. Un- unless, unless they decide to come up with a Dress Rosa box set, which I mean, I feel like they could, but they probably uh, it's certainly it. long enough. <laughs> I mean, it's Dress Lo- Dress Rosa alone is like ten volumes. That's like. Just to put that in perspective, that's about as long as um, Buso Renkin. A, 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 that, that's about as long as a canceled series. Um, I mean, ten volumes long, that's at least like a hundred chapters or so of a manga. Like, I mean, th- it that, is. That arc is like a hundred and two chapters long. Like, Dressrosa like could have been massive. its own... Like, it's as long as its own manga series. Mm-hmm. So, so that's cool. Um... <laughs> God, I I could go on about Dressrosa all day, but I won't. Um, but it looks like uh, this particular box set's going to be coming with a uh, a forty eight page mini comic and then a double sided color poster. Which I don't think there's any word on like what the mini comic is supposed to be. And this is just speculation on my part. But I thought I heard somewhere that um, that uh, the mini comic is supposed to be the one piece toriko crossover again i could be wrong about that and i feel like i might be wrong about that but i'm actually that would be kind of cool if they if they um if they included both the toriko crossover and the dragon ball crossover because um i know the dragon ball crossover um the only way to get that in print was uh through uh viz's old print shonen jump which um i happen to have uh that's it's one of my prized possessions um not, not to brag or anything but um I know you definitely can't get the One Piece and Toriko crossover, um, as far as I know. I think that was, uh, that was only a digital exclusive through, um, through week, through the, uh, digital weekly show to jump a little while ago. So, um, it would be nice to have those collected in the box set, but, um, again, I'm not sure if that's actually what it is, but I guess we'll just have to find out. Um, mm-hmm. whatever it is, I'm sure it'll be good. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it'll be good. Um, and then apparently we got a uh, Platinum End Volume One coming out in. Uh, oh, actually, I forgot to mention uh, One Piece box set three is coming out fall twenty sixteen. Um, Platinum End Volume One also coming out in fall twenty sixteen. Uh, Platinum End being the new series by uh, Sugami Oba and Takashi Obata, the basically the duo behind Death Note and Bakuman. So mm-hmm. if if you like those two series, um, you can actually buy. Uh, uh, single chapters of Platinum End on Viz Manga, I think, for ninety nine cents each as yeah. it comes out. Um, but uh, if you want to wait, if you want to be like me and wait until you know it's collected and then buy it, uh, Volume One's going to be coming out in fall twenty sixteen. Uh, and then uh, let's see, the next thing coming out that fall will be uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part Three: Stardust Crusaders. And and I know what you're thinking. Oh, but they already released that. Why do I care about that? Well. Let me tell you, because um, for those of you who don't know, Viz has released uh, parts one and two of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, uh, that being Phantom Blood and Battle Tendency, through through those nice little hardcover releases known mm-hmm. as the uh, known as the uh, Jojoniums in uh, in in Japan. Um, very nice hardcover releases. Uh, some 
even like some little extra like small interviews with Rocky and uh and even some new art on the covers um some some color pages still intact so that's kind of cool um and that's essentially the kind of release we're getting with Stardust Crusaders so if you ever wanted to see Stardust Crusaders in hardcover uh format there's chance it's coming out in fall 2016 and uh just an aside um because see here's the thing like i i would get this if i didn't already have like i think at least half of stardust crusaders already but the mm -hmm. thing is like i'm i'm wondering if they're because for those who don't know um for the longest time stardust crusaders was the only uh was the only part of the jojo's manga that viz had ever released in english and that you could like buy officially and you know unfortunately with you know with most jojo products nowadays uh you know, like some some characters' names have to be changed because of all the musical references and stuff. Which um, apparently, I found out the other day that uh, from uh, Jason Thompson himself, who uh, is a very big name in the manga industry, he used to work at Viz and he used to edit um, Stardust Crusaders. Apparently, a lot of the name changes that they had to go with in the old English release actually came from Araki himself. So well, I'm uh, sure he had the if they had to change the names, I'm sure he would be the one to choose what names they changed them to. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if that's, like, you know, a breaking exclusive tidbit or anything, but, um, you know, that was just something I had heard recently, and I just thought that was kind of interesting, because I didn't know that personally. Um, makes sense. But, um, I know there there were parts of the series that, like, Araki had to redraw because of, like, violence and stuff. I think, uh, I think, like, the most infamous one was, uh, I know there's, like, a, there's, like, a a dog death somewhere in the middle of Stardust Crusaders that Araki had to redraw into like a rat or something, it's, you know, just weird stuff like that. So I'm hoping with this new release that maybe they'll at least keep the art intact. Like I'm not, I'm not counting on them, you know, changing any of like the typesetting or like, uh, I guess the, I mean the font, I mean any of the font or like, you know, uh, keeping the, uh, the original names or whatever especially but if they if they keep the art intact i might actually buy these so anyone who listens to this podcast and uh you know uh buys enough of the jojonium releases for these can maybe let me know that'd be nice um if so i will totally buy these but um but uh the last thing that i guess uh this is going to be putting out um as far as we know uh is going to be uh, another junji ito work which, for those who don't know, is pretty much, like, the most well-known, like, horror manga artist out there. He has a lot of work under his belt. Um, Very well-regarded. Also the author of such works as Uzumaki, which also kind of got this uh, the same kind of release that uh, Tomie is getting. Um, which is going to be a complete deluxe edition. Um, I'm assuming this is probably going to be hardback. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's going to be coming out winter 2016. So that's cool. Um, I I've read Tomie before, and from what I read, it wasn't bad. Um, I mean, I'm not really a horror guy in the first place, so a lot of Junji Ito's works don't really stick out to me. Like, I mean, I mean, I mean, I don't know. Like, I think his art is great, but again, I'm just not really a fan of the horror genre. But uh, be that as it may be, I mean, I think his works are still worth reading. So definitely pick up Tomie when that comes out. Um, but uh, enough of Viz. Um, Kodansha, I think Kodansha wins uh, the oh, licensing gosh. game by a long shot. Um, Twelve new licenses. Twelve. 
I might be wrong about that, but that's how many there were when I counted. Oh my. Um, well, let's run them down. Uh, they've licensed uh, interviews with Monster Girls. Uh, Kazuhiro Fujita, the mangaka behind Ushu and Tora. Uh, Seinen series Black Museum, The Ghost and the Lady. That sounds pretty cool. Here, Yuki Takei, the mangaka of Shaolin King's uh, newest series, as opposed to Nekogahara, Stray Cat Samurai. I knew, I knew I recognized that art. A fairy tale spin-off called Fairy Tale Twin Dragons of Sabretooth, which is focused on the Sabretooth Guild. Meh. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome, but... <laughs> so, don't, don't mind me, I'm, I'm here to provide colorful commentary. What's pretty cool, the Neuroparasite F anthology, which is like a shoujo manga anthology of Parasite-related spin-offs. Parasite, you know, being uh, that... I'm sure you know what Parasite is, but... Uh, I, I do, yes. Um, yeah, the, I, I, I'm assuming this is kind of something like the, um, the, uh, the Tiger and Bunny anthology that Viz put out a little while ago, where it's basically just like... Uh, sto- like basically, uh, uh one-shot stories that aren't really all like connected at all. But yeah, but- it's a horror anthology, so there are a bunch of un ter- unrelated stories. But the central team connecting them together is that they're all based in the world of Parasite and like the concept of the parasites from that series. That actually does sound pretty cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That should be pretty sweet. And, but, of course, that's not all they have. They've also announced nope. Sweetness and Lightning, which is about, uh, you know, it's another one of those series about a single father raising his adorable little daughter. But uh, this is a, I think this is on Crunchyroll. It looks pretty cute. Uh, they're also yeah. licensed in Spectra, which looks to be a supernatural battle manga. Okay, but okay. With a female lead. Okay, that sounds pretty cool. The Wolf Boy is Mine by Yoko Noiguri, which is a shape shifting romantic comedy, kind of like Fruits Basket. Mm, Okay, okay. Then, this is one I'm really excited about. Welcome to the Ballroom, which is a beautifully drawn shonen battle manga about ballroom dancing. In in, in my opinion, uh, what uh, Straighten Up should live up to, you know? I love Straighten Up. But welcome to the ballroom results are pretty sweet. So I want straight enough to be licensed too. But this is this is pretty cool as well. So, yeah, I've 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 seen a lot of people on Twitter tweet uh, pages from this manga. It does look really cool. I want to read this. Yeah. Next is the Prince and His Dark Days, which is a emotional four volume romantic drama. Okay. And then. Calls at Work, which is it has an interesting premise. It's a shonen action manga set inside a human body. I think you mean. This, um, sorry, I, I hate to interrupt, but I, I think you mean cells at work. Yeah, that's what I said. Cells at work. You said calls at work. Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> cells at work is about cells at work is about like it's basically Osmosis Jones the manga. So there you go. And then so, finally. So 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 does that mean uh, Chris Rock is the main character? Because that sounds pretty cool. No, unfortunately not. Because uh, well, manga not... is a because well, well I'm I'm not this... I'm not picking I'm not picking this up then. Well, 
<laughs> I'm sorry. Please forget all the everything I ever say ever in my entire life. Please go on. Well, there's only one more series to mention, and that's the new, uh, another Attack on Titan spinoff, Lost Girls, which is about Annie and Mikasa. So mm, okay, I guess that's, that's you know yeah, those are both interesting characters. So that should be a treat for fans. I so, I would I would argue that um, Annie is a lot more interesting than Mikasa, but that is just me. I probably just made a lot of people mad. Um, so yeah, yeah. Mikasa has a lot of fans. I think uh, we're gonna get some very angry emails later. As, send them over to manga mavericks at uh, at gmail dot com. No, I managed the, that email account. <laughs> uh, well, 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 we'll dedicate an entire episode to reading your hate mail. No. Okay, um, <laughs> they're um, okay, they're Vader. Um. So yeah, Kodansha has a lot of stuff coming out. There's a lot of stuff. Um, so but with that, we're all done with the news. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so I guess now that we're done with all that licensing news, um, I kind of I kind of want to talk about one or two things I've uh, I've gotten to read here because uh, oh boy, they're doozies. Um, so me and Sid, uh, well. Here, I don't know. Here, let me just start from the beginning. So, I I I had seen this uh, the cover of a comic, like an actual comic, not not necessarily manga. I mean, manga's comics, but you know what I mean, like an actual American comic called uh, Circuit Breaker. And I had seen somebody post the uh, the front cover of the first issue, and um, I noticed that, huh, the main character is posed like Astro Boy. Oh, that's kind of interesting. And then, um, I, I have a Comixology account, so I saw that, uh, um, it was a new release, actually, uh, being sold for, I think, two ninety nine or something? And so, like, the, 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 the cover art I didn't think looked very appealing, like, like, my first problem with it is that, um, like, because you have all these, like, uh, cloud trails leading behind the main female lead, and they... I'm just gonna say it. It looks like fart gas. I'm sorry, guys. It looks gross. Like, and that kind of turned me off a bit, so I was like, hmm. And, like, I mean, just the art overall, I could tell, is kind of, like, a very, like, Amer like a very westernized anime art style. You know, the, like, the kind of art style you would see in, like, how to draw anime book or something. It yeah, just... it's very stylized. In a way, it reminds me of when Frank Miller tried to draw kind of the anime style of the Dark Knight. Oh my god. Like, uh, Dark Knight Returns sequel books. I forget which one it was, but I remember reading it. It was weird, and, oh, uh, I don't know. But Frank Miller is a whole other discussion in your manga podcast, so. Yeah. So, um, anyway, I, I picked up the first issue of Circuit Breaker on Comixology, and, um... I will I will not be as crude as I was on Twitter because you know I'm this uh, this podcast kind of sort of represents all comic and I don't want to make all comics sound bad or anything but uh, I'll just be nice and say that I honestly regret buying it I did not like it yeah like so, I'm glad I didn't buy it and I could mooch off your comicsology account <laughs> yeah I was I wasn't gonna like I feel bad because here's the thing like I was. I was tweeting a storm up about it. Like, I I think I think maybe I don't know. Somehow maybe we can leave some. Well, maybe I don't know. If, if here you want to follow me on Twitter and look for my tweets, 
you know, just ser- search, go to Twitter and search uh, my handle plus Circuit Breaker, and I'm sure you'll find my tweets, because uh, apparently not a lot of other people were tweeting about it. Like, so few people were tweeting about this that the writer and uh, and artist for Circuit Breaker started following me for some reason and started retweeting some of my stuff. And I was like, why? I'm kind of not saying some very nice things about your stuff, but I guess uh, bad publicity is still publicity, so there you go. Um, Like, I don't really know what to say about it other than, like, it's very, very heavily influenced by, um, by Osama Tezuka. And... Specifically, Astro Boy. Yes, yeah, specifically. There are clear homages to Astro Boy, not just in the themes of, rob- of like the ethics of or like robots and like whether the robots and or, like the humanity of robots and like the morality of using them as tools or the whether or like treating them as real people. Like these, these are all things like. Ex- De- developed and explored in Astro Boy. Like, these are all themes that are totally covered in Astro Boy and are central themes of Astro Boy. So, in fact, the main character herself is basically kind of, like, Astro Boy inspired in terms of, like, what her... In terms of, like, her background mm-hmm. as, like, a robot... A robot that looks like humans trying to... Struggling with, you know, being the bridge between, like, humanity and robots and... All that stuff, and and there's also like pretty obvious Tesca Tesca character cameos. Like in the second page, we see Professor Ochanomizu on Astro Boy on a subway train. So, yeah. you know, it, this 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 comic really heavily takes ideas and inspiration from Astro Boy, but the problem is that the execution isn't of these ideas isn't very thoughtful. Or no. talk provoking, like none of the none of the characters on either side of the argument come off looking likable or sympathetic in any way. No. The murderous robots are murderous robots, and they do not. And there is no sympathy in their actions and in their killing spree. The main heroine is very lackluster. She doesn't really have much personality going for her, and in general, like. Yeah, her, it's very conf- confusing about where she stands and what she actually wants to do with her, like what she, how she want, what she wants to like, what her role in the story really is. Because halfway into the comic, she disappears and we focus on the villains and supporting characters. This, cha- like my ramble, this uh, this comic doesn't isn't very structured. It doesn't really <laughs> focus on any one character very well and develop them to the point that. We kind of understand them well. Yeah, I think I mean, the only character that is somewhat, uh, in, uh, whose characterization is somewhat agreeable, is this one like bureau inspector guy, uh, <laughs> Caro Tozen, who who doesn't who looks who looks like a like. It looks like the 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 artist got tired of drawing um um Tezuka style characters and tried to go for Hanna Barbera but couldn't like completely get out of that Tezuka art style. So he looks like this weird cross between a Tezuka character and a Hanna Barbera character. Well, they sort of looks kind of like other an- like another classic manga art style like in a way the, the tick eyebrows in particular sort of remind me of Kochikami. It's like Kokiyama, 
Kochi Kami's Mangaka is art style, but you know what? Yeah, I can uh, see that. Yeah, that's a that's another thing. The reason why his characterization works at least somewhat better is that he's at least trying to be diplomatic. Like his like the way he behaves is inconsistent because the way he reacts to he reacts to the robot girl is like he's very like aggressive towards her and suspicious yeah. of her but he's also is very supportive of robot rights and he's try and he tries to persuade like this one killer robot from like going on a rampage and like he sympathizes with their struggle and like believes they should be treated as people like I, he at least ha- he at least has the makings of a more fl- interesting fully fleshed out multidimensional character but it's just that the writing is so inconsistent that it just it's even he doesn't work and he's probably the best character in this comic the the because... the, the writing and we should keep we should keep in mind that uh or i guess let everybody know that this is like issue one out of like a four or five mini uh, issue miniseries i guess but um mm-hmm. I think I can safely say that I'm not going to be reading any more of this. Like, it just... I feel like there are... I don't know. I, I I feel like that this comic... Like... What's the word I'm looking for? It It's too dependent on, like, other works. Like, Osama Tezuka's Astro Boy. Like, it, like I could tell... Like, I feel like the writer wanted to, like, pay homage to Tezuka. Because I think you could tell that... Uh, that whoever wrote this had great respect for Tezuka and his works, but like mm-hmm. it, it, it doesn't feel like an homage so much as it just, just it just feels like a copy and paste of what uh, of these particular themes that were tackled in Astro Boy. Yeah, if you want to see these themes done better, like specifically read the Astro Boy storyline, uh, Once Upon a Time Astro Boy Tales, like those the volume six through eight of Astro Boy. Like, though, though, that's, uh, probably my favorite story arc in Astro Boy, and one of my all-time favorite story arcs in manga. And it tackles, like, all the teams that Circuit Breaker is trying to kind of tackle in this first issue, but a million times more successfully. Uh, also, and, also, um, read Pluto. I, I think, yeah, I think Pluto, Pluto isn't a Tezuka work, but it's, like, it's basically based off another, um, another, It's like, based on the greatest robot on Earth storyline. Which which is essentially just another Astro Boy story arc, which um, is also drawn by uh, Naoki Urasawa. Mm-hmm. So uh, like th- that's like the one Urasawa work I've actually gotten to finish, and honestly, like I think even Pluto, especially Pluto, does a better job of these kind of themes or presenting these kind of themes rather. Yes, what I will say is that um, what I. W- so basically, it seems that looking up the writer's other work, I've, I've tried trying to see what he's done before. It seems that in general, the writer Kevin McCarkey doesn't have like it isn't like the best writer, you know, around. Like a lot of the his books have been criticized for their writing, and it, like he hasn't really written and really. Um, there's a, there have been a lot of negative uh, criticisms of his previous series like Epoch and Misfit Space and Street Magic. So maybe on that front, it's not so much of a surprise that this book isn't as isn't like written the best. Um, I will say though that the art, in terms of the artwork, it's clearly a stylistic choice by the 
uh, work of the um, ar uh, artist. The art, because the artist Kyle Baker is actually a well-renowned and respected like artist in the industry. He has like eight Eisner Awards, five oh, Harvey wow. Awards, five Glyph Comics Awards. Like he's a talented artist, and he's been in the industry for many, many years. So, like his art style in this uh, comic is definitely a stylistic choice. Like they decided on do on making the art like this. It could have. Probably been looked up, so I mean they, they they intentionally went for this kind of like um, I don't know how what to say. It looks like kind of spray spray paint, like web comicy art style. Like, I, I very. No, I'm sorry. Go on. Yeah. So, like, in terms of the aesthetics, that's an intentional choice. It isn't because the artist is a bad artist, but he made the decision. For the for the art to look this way, though I do have to say that there are weird like just there there is like some weird like framing and like yep continuity problems with this artwork that makes like the action scenes in particular incredibly confusing. Yeah, there like, was a. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah, there was a part where uh, where essentially because at first uh, the main character and her friend I guess are on the train going somewhere. And then there's like this noxious gas released on the train, and then they jump out of the train and somehow land in the way of like this killer robot. And I was incredibly confused as to how the transition of that worked. Yes, because for one thing, they flipped the like pers they flipped the like the perspective of the character. Like, uh, there's a general rule like when you're like do when you're like framing like shots that you like follow this um, rule of kind of 180 degrees, you don't, like, uh, switch to a shot that's, like, more than, like, 180 degrees of, like, where your character is at, but here, like, uh, when, during the sequence, we first see the character, and she's facing towards the left of the, the left, but when we see her, when we transition to the next panel, like, the, we're, we're suddenly behind her, and she's facing right, and that is incredibly disorienting and and that adds to the confusion uh, what but then what also adds to the confusion is that like in this panel apparently what's happening is that she's kicking the robot like outside like the the a window but just the way her leg is moving like it's for some reason it's behind like the heads of not only like her blue-haired friend, but this random man on the subway. I, it, it's hard to understand like what her leg is doing. Is it like moving under these people and kicking him out the window this way? Like the spacing between the character's leg and her body, and then the presence of you know, like the the supporting characters in between her and then the entire transition of this whole sequence is like incredibly hard to follow and confusing and like I don't and there's it's definitely there's definitely like problems in terms of the just in uh, like some characters anatomy at parts like characters go off model like <sighs> yeah. all the time in this comic mm -hmm. and I mean, I'm just kind of rambling on, but what I'm trying to say is that there are there are clear like 
fun, fundamental principles that like every like storyboarder or comic artist kind of know should know that about you know how you transition transition between like shots and how you frame action sequences and like how like people's bodies move and there are a lot of comics with bad anatomy and like have problems like this but never one that feel that's this i've never read one that is this hard to follow and when the art style isn't it's just generally so simple like it's very it's very bizarre to me especially considering that the artist has such a great reputation and is has so many awards that he that he would like i feel like it had to have been an intentional choice from him to like draw the comic this way so i don't, I I don't know. know i don't know but just one one real quick thing and then we'll move on um i also hate all the references like i hate every reference in this because it feels very like it feels very like oh hey do you like anime well here's all the all the all the things you'll recognize like all the, look at all these names and references to other anime and manga you might like yeah, like, like you know what I mean. Random, there's just random Japanese words thrown in, and, and I and I can't, I can't. Generic stand anime it. concepts. There's they they reference Super Sentai ones. So yeah, they did. I was like, that's, what? That's odd because why would you even bother? Most oh, oh, end up and American and the, readers and and the and the little robot who like releases the gas at first. He's like a service robot, and he's offering all these different things and one of the things he says he's he offers is something called norimaki arare which for those of you who don't uh, know well, is no yeah. but see that that's a whole different because the character of Aureli norimaki is like based on like a cracker i know thing, i so. i know i know that but i would bet i would bet any kind of money that that wasn't uh, that wasn't a reference to the food okay maybe because you know like robot girl so yeah exactly like yeah. you you know that wasn't a reference to the food like that that was that was toriyama's intention with the character of a raleigh but i'm pretty sure that wasn't the intention of making that reference here yeah more than likely than not but um yeah so i i would not recommend this comic like i didn't like it whatsoever i just didn't think it was good and i was kind of disappointed yeah, the problem with comics that try to, like, really base themselves in, like, manga, like, ideas and tropes and stuff, like, it's, the problem is they often just get a little too overindulgent. Yeah, I think With the concepts so without understanding what really makes these kind of series work, and it's not that, and people don't really care, I mean... People don't care about the novelty of all these, like, Japanese terms or, like, these weird... Or, like, references or anything. They What really attracts people to anime and manga in the long run are, like, the kinds of stories they tell and, like, how, and how different they tend to be from mainstream superhero comics. Mm-hmm. And what the problem with this is is that it's trying to specifically make its own version of Astro Boy. Mm-hmm. But what it's but it's getting muddled and buried under all these unnecessary things that are distracting from the teams and the characters. 
like all these references and like the and st- and stylistic choices and basically making every character like some kind of arch manga or like trope arc or some kind of like archetype relating to manga or Ozamateska manga. It it feels so, it feels super manufactured. I don't know if it I mean it doesn't feel manufactured from like a company manufacture like this is like but you know you know editorial but it this feels like the writer put in all these things in an attempt to because he thought they would be like fun and he wanted to pay homage to this stuff but what he's do but what he's really doing is that he's undermining like the focus of his story and as a result it's confusing to follow and the reader just cannot get invested in what's going on. Even though this was only like a twenty or so page comic, I found I took a very long time to read it and Me too. I, and it was incredibly painful for me to read it because yep. I simply just could not follow what was going on and I could not care about the characters. Oh me neither. Um it's like just but it, it it took me a long time to read because I was I was live tweeting it, like God I was tweeting all the speech bubbles all the all the things I hated about it I just I didn't like it it just wasn't good. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of good comics that draw inspiration from manga, but what they do is that they they take what inspired them in manga series and they execute them in an in their own personal way that's like true to the artist here the writer is trying too hard to take ideas from Ozumu Tesca and like regurgitate them yep but in a quirky quote-unquote quirky way good yeah <laughs> so it's not so it doesn't feel like this artist has even has a original vision for the story and just feels that he's sort of and it's trying to mimic Astro Boy, even though I'm sure he's really just trying to pay homage to it. But it's just not successful in what it's trying to do. Nope. Oh boy. Um, I don't have a good segue for this, but like, uh, actually... Another example of a bad, like, well, with Circuit Breaker, it's, it's clearly not re- trying to rip off a manga. It's pairing homage to manga. But there are also plenty of bad comics that flat out rip out manga and try to repackage it as something new and original. Okay. And recently, it came to li- and recently, it came to light that in the late nineties there was this uh, comic called Diesel, obviously a very short-lived comic that no one cared about and knew about until a couple months ago when it suddenly popped up online and everyone, everyone made a big deal about it. But basically. The thing about this comic is that it's so clearly a ripoff of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, specifically, like, Stardust Crusaders. Yeah. Not only are the, do the characters fight using, like, sp- like spiritual beings. That, like, they, they are, l- l- hold on, we gotta put this out there. In d- they're literally called stands. They refer to their powers as stands. They don't, they yeah, don't, they don't try to hide it, which I found incredibly hilarious. Indeed. I mean, in general, like this, the entire first issue of this comic is a is a big ripoff of the 
Iggy versus Iggy and Jotaro versus Jeb and Duel fight in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stardust Crusaders. Like the antagonist that they fight looks exactly like Enduel. Yeah. And the main character fights him with a dog. Yep. And 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 one of the one of the uh, uh, side characters is named Joseph. And there's another one who looks exactly like Avdol and has a stand that produces fire. Yeah. So that's so, yeah. And the also the main villain looks like Dio. Yeah. Because of course he does. But, so uh, this is an example of a comic that is clearly ripping off manga. It's not. It's definitely not. If you didn't know that it was ripping off JoJo's, you might not guess it's manga inspired. Outside of a couple instances where characters are making manga esque faces, but there, these there, are very blim, very there, brief. There, there, there was a little bit of that, just a little, a little bit, just a little, but not enough for maybe someone to someone who didn't know about JoJo's to know that this was ripped off of a, a rip off of a manga. But but this is still an example of how to take ideas from a manga and execute them badly. Mm-hmm. And because it's one thing that they just ripped off the fight almost wholesale, <laughs> but they but like they just did it in a way that. Sucks all the fun and energy out of it. It's for one outside of the action just being framed confusingly, just like Circuit Breaker. Even though the artwork is more clearer, I guess generic but clearer. Oh no 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 no! It just I will. I mean, I'm not an artist, so I'm sorry if I'm speaking out of turn. But I will, I will go out of my way, and I want to put this on record. I. Yeah, it was a ripoff, but you know what? The art for Diesel, I still thought was infinitely better than Circuit Breaker. It's better, but it's for for the standards of just an American like comic book. This is like standard. This is uh, that's true. This isn't very inspired an inspired artistic like style. And it's just and and, and the thing is with Diesel too is like. You're just kind of thrown in the middle of the story, and you don't get the time to really, like, get to know any of these characters at all. Right, and that's a huge problem, because why do we care if these characters are fighting a life-or-death battle if we don't know them? Like, we can't just get invested in action alone. There needs to be character behind it. We need to care about the characters. We need to want... To be invested in whether they live or die, or whether they get hurt, whether they succeed in their goals or not. Un- unless Diesel just un- jumps in into a premise, but it doesn't take the time to establish like the what the goal of the story is, who these characters are. Most of its run is just spent on a fight, and it's incredibly boring as a result. Now, now the only way that um, now I I feel like the only way you can get past not caring about your characters would be if you you got to make the world interesting. I feel like that'd be the only way to like, like I give attack on Titan a lot of flack actually for, cause I, I'll be honest. I don't really care about the cast for attack on Titan sans maybe like three characters, be, but you know, there's still the whole thing about the Titans and the mystery behind them and why their world is the way it is. And that's the whole re that's the whole reason I still 
the, I mean, I don't keep up with the manga, but it's the whole reason I even gonna think, I'm even thinking about watching the second season when and if that finally comes out. Mm -hmm. Right, but there's nothing about the world in, um, Diesel that really stands out. Exactly. Outside of from the fact that these characters, like, use stands, (laughs) like, what is there about this environment and the setting that's unique? They spend most of the the comics runtime in just the generic forest. Yeah, there's exactly. Really, there's nothing interesting about what's in the forest. It's just the forest. Yeah, like the world of the series isn't doesn't feel like unique at all. It just feels like a setting, and but it there, there isn't about anything about the setting that's even used creatively within the series. Like it feels like you could move this fight pretty much anywhere, and it's not going to affect the outcome of the series. Like, yeah, and, that, and that's what I'm trying to say is, you have to, for for any story to work, I think you have to have, you have to have interesting characters, an interesting world, or both. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I feel like a, a show, really any kind of media, I feel like if you don't have any of those things, whatever you're trying to create won't work, and it won't leave an impression. Unless it's, yeah. unless it's just super bad, then, then maybe. Maybe, but um, yeah. Let's 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 not talk about bad comics anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Let Linkara do that. That's his show. In fact, someone someone get a copy of Diesel to Linkara so he can review it. That would be pretty funny. Um, it would be pretty funny. But uh, but before we go, um, I think we did get an email. Yes, we did. From once again, we got a nice email from Allison. A Q and A asking another Q and A. I'll read it out now. Um, <clears throat> Hello, Manga Mavericks. It's me out 9000 again. I have another question about manga preferences. I'm currently up to volume 20 of the Wallflower manga series. Good thing it's a completed manga series because I've also been buying the Yoromushi pedal omnibuses from Yen Press. And I want to buy Haikyuu and Kuroko when they come out because 1. Sports manga have had a history of not selling well enough and 2. Wiz Media will probably drop them if they don't sell well enough. Mm-hmm. I hate that logic because it makes me unable to read stuff like Gintama legally. This yep. brings me to my question. Do you guys prefer buying a manga for a series that's ongoing to support it, or do you prefer to wait until it's already, until it's completed before you make a purchase? Uh, I think that really depends on the series, honestly. Like, like uh, I'm pretty, I mean... Except for like maybe like one or two volumes, because I'm usually kind of behind, but not too much. Um, uh, the only series I'm like completely caught up with in terms of my purchases are is One Piece. Like, I mean, I usually do a pretty good job of only being like a release or two behind on that, but um, but I don't know. Like, it really depends on the series. Like, me personally, I'm not gonna like start anything. I'm not gonna like buy anything long running new anytime soon. Just because I have a very bad habit of starting a collection and never finishing it. Mm-hmm. In general, I pref- I prefer no having like a definitive like endpoint for a series, so I know how many volumes that I'll need to buy overall. Me but too. I will support any series that I love, and I will make and I will buy it. Oh, me too. Uh, so. There are a lot of manga that are still currently running that I've been keeping up with and will still continue to keep up with. And there's also a lot of manga that are still being released right now, but 
uh, have like defi- are like older titles that have definitive endpoints that I'm also like <clears throat> buying new volumes of. And then there's also plenty of stuff that's already out and already fully out that I plan to go and collect uh, one day when I have the funds. So I support any manga series that I like. I definitely have to be conservative with my purchases more these days because yep. there are just so much there's just so much out there but I just do not have the funds to get everything that I might want to so I specifically buy the stuff that I'm already I've already started collecting or I truly really love so but I will always support series that I love and especially series that really would need me to support it and I want to show my support for it and help it be successful. Like, uh, I mean, other than One Piece, I feel like the only title I would, like, buy with every release, if it were still coming out, would would be Gintama. But unfortunately, that got canceled after Volume 23. So, I mean, granted, I, I don't have all of what Viz has released so far. I, I still have a few volumes to collect, but be that as it may be, if if they were still releasing it, I would totally still buy it, like one hundred percent. Even if I don't agree with the way they edit the manga sometimes with the dialogue and how they translate jokes and everything, but I still think it's a solid enough release to where I would still support it. But unfortunately, I can't really do that. Um, <laughs> like yeah, other other than One Piece, that would be the only series I would buy religiously. Everything else, like I have a lot of like volume ones of things. Just because I I just prefer to I prefer to support not just what I love but I I, I want to support manga in general because you know depending on like the release schedule for like say say if it's a weekly series you know weekly manga is really hard to produce uh, you know week to week that sounded a bit redundant but you get what I mean like you know a, a lot of work goes into creating this stuff and you know I just, I just want to support the medium in general so any anything that I read and I at least kind of enjoy. I'm still gonna buy it, so that that's that's the general rule of thumb I usually go by. But if it's something really really long, um, it's it's hard for me to you know invest a lot of money into something long running that I don't know really has an in, in you know a definite ending unless it's something that I really love. Again, like One Piece, or I guess Detective Conan too, to an extent, um, or a case closed or whatever. Um, but it's I don't know. I, I have to be kind of conservative with my purchasing habits, too, because, again, I have that habit of starting collections but never finishing them. And so, you know, with that being said, like like I, I mentioned earlier that I, I, I have about half of Stardust Crusaders, the original run. So like I'm looking at my shelf right now. I have volumes 1, 5, 7, 8, 9, 10, 12. I, I, like, I have this weird thing where I don't mind buying out of order. So that makes it hard for me to like, cause, cause like I see, I love, yeah. I see, I prefer buying stuff in order. So I will, I, I never, unless I like buy a like a set of volumes like in order or from the beginning, I won't collect the series. Like mm-hmm. you need to have like, I need to have like the first volume, especially if I don't get that first, I'm not gonna get like oh yeah, any me other too. Volumes of a series. Yeah, if, if I'm trying to start if I'm trying to start a new collection, yeah, I always want to buy the first volume first. But then after that, I'm just kind of like I'm just gonna get whatever I can get, you know. But I mean that's just me, because eventually I'll fill that collection. 
whether that comes in two years, five years, or ten years, I'll eventually fill that collection. But um, but yeah, collecting manga is hard. <laughs> so it's a hard hobby to get into and uh, to stay in. But I think that answers Allison's question. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you for your question, Allison. And please continue to send more. And more people should send us questions because we love answering questions. And we yeah. want to answer more. And uh, speaking of where you can send questions, I guess we can start uh, plucking our stuff now. So, Sid, um, uh, you, wh- wh- where can people find you? You know, wh- wh- what are you doing right now? Where do you want to plug? Right. You can find me as at Romayasha on Twitter and my anime list. You can also find me as Cartoon X on various forums, primarily Animation Revelation, where we are gearing up for the Spring 2016 Anime Preview Guide. And I'll be contributing to that. Also, finally, I have I am finally returning to doing weekly Shonen Jump reviews for Animation Revelation. Ooh. I've got uh, the re- I've got a review done for the latest issue, issue seventeen, twenty sixteen, issue seventeen, all done and completed, and should be up uh, later tonight. Well, it'll be out by the time this podcast goes up. So yeah, those are resuming. And maybe I'll also finally get those top manga of 2015 lists out. Maybe. Sid, you, maybe. you, you got you got you got to stop breaking people's hearts, man. I do, but but I I'm returning after the jump returns. That's that's what I call my weekly show jump reviews. There you go. But uh, yeah, so those are back. So that's exciting. Mm. And also, of course, you can read my weekly Simopunk chapter reviews of Fairy Tale, Yamanakan, and Seven Witches, and The Seven Deadly Sins on allcomic.com. So yeah, if you like any of those manga titles and uh, you want to hear Sid's uh, opinions on those or read them, I guess, you should uh, you should, you should be following All Comic in general. Um, but uh, as for me, you can find me on Twitter at SniperKing323. That's S-N-I-P-E-R-K-I-N-G-323. I do a lot of other podcasts. Um, hopefully, probably not by the time this one comes out. But, you know, soon after this one comes out, I will be uh, hopefully releasing the third anniversary episode of Life Lessons, the Gintama Manga Cast. It is probably going to be a very long podcast. I have a lot of stuff planned for that episode. So if you like Gintama... Or, you know, if you don't know anything about Gintama, but you want a good starting place, hopefully we can uh, uh, serve those needs at uh, gintalifelessons.wordpress.com. I do a lot of other podcasts, but, um, I mean, if you go to the Life Lessons uh, WordPress blog, you can you can find links to those other podcasts. I don't feel like going through all of them. <laughs> I have too many. Um, but, uh, anyway, as uh, as for this podcast and All Comic, uh, you can find more of our podcast at all-comic.com. And you can also follow us on facebook.com slash all.comic or on twitter.com slash allcomic underscore. And uh, if you want to send us an email just like Allison did and have uh, have us read it on the show, uh, you can also email us at mangamavericks at gmail.com. But the most important thing, guys, is that you subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Um, uh, we, we, will, we will read those, and we appreciate any reviews that we get in the future. Um, but I think that's about it. Uh, this was a pretty packed episode. Um, mm-hmm. a lot to t- a lot we talked about. Yeah, a lot of fun stuff. Yeah, so I hope everybody enjoyed this episode, and uh, we'll see you guys in two weeks for episode seven. Bye, guys. Sayonara. Sayonara.